How you doing? This is Black Shy Guy once again coming at you with a brand new podcast episode. Like I said before, I am going to dive in about Andrew Tate. And not when he was on Just Pearly Things because that episode has not yet been released. Like I said, it might release in the evening. But two days ago, Andrew Tate was on Pierce Morgan And I'm going to go in with that interview. But before we start, as always, I hope you're having a great ending to your week. Christmas is just around the corner. Hopefully you get your kitties, whatever they want, as long as they behave during the school year. As long as they behave during the first quarter of the school year, they can get anything they want. And you as well. It's nothing wrong with spoiling yourself. You're an adult. You're keeping a roof over your head. Whether you're behind on payments or on time on payments right now when it comes to rent, whatever the case may be, you're still driving and trying to get to where you want to go. And you should always, always spoil yourself in the end of the year and get what you want because you've been doing the damn thing. Because everybody goes through struggles. Everyone goes through struggles and there's nothing wrong with falling a bit behind, especially after this chaotic of a year. And hopefully next year it's a lot better for most of us. But as always, I thank you for sitting on my table and let's dive into Andrew Tate with Pierce Morgan part two and Listen, I'm not going to lie. I did dive into this interview because I do not want to waste my time. And if it's not a significant different interview than the first one. And it was it was the same until this certain point in time in the interview that I got. Basically that I got. um. How can I say? <laughs> I'm basically a quarter into the interview. And I think this is where the interview is most important because the first part of the interview, Pierce Morgan goes almost into the same scenario, into the same situations that he discussed Andrew Tate with in the first interview. And I do not want to repeat process. It's a waste of time. But when he goes into the main topic of masculinity and a situation where a woman did respond to Andrew Tate, a woman that was on Pierce Morgan's show and basically um, was discriminating against Andrew Tate. For his topics, that is where I want to dive into. That is where I want to start this podcast episode. So without further ado, let's start with Andrew Tate addressing masculinity with Piers Morgan. Racist, misogynistic, throw it out at people. What is I'm, your view of women? I'm a realist. What is I'm, your real view of women? I absolutely not only really love women, I adore women. I have good relationships with women. Not a single woman has come up to me on the street since I've been canceled. Not a single one has said anything negative. Every single one of them has said positive things. You're a traditional male. I wish more men were like you. You understand your masculine roles. You understand what you're supposed to do. You understand you're supposed to protect women. You're exactly the kind of man I'd be looking for. I've never had a negative interaction with a female ever since I've been dubbed the biggest misogynist. Where in the is world. the. Please, please let me finish. I'm sorry, sorry, Pierce. Also, there's not been a single woman. 
has accused me of a crime. Not a single woman has accused me of rape. Not a single woman has come out and said anything from my entire past of 36 years I've done anything wrong ever. Anybody else with my level of fame, any footballer, any other movie star at least has people who've come out and accused them of rape, X, Y, Z. I have no woman who's come out and ever said I've hurt her. No woman has come out and ever said I've done damage to her or been horrible to her. Everybody who ever interacted with me has said I've been a nice person. All of them. Hey, so this Before Pierce Morgan, um, once again, I mean, interrupts him, but this interview seemed to be going way better than the first. Pierce Morgan seems to be way more respectful, obviously because the backlash he received during the first interview. But the fact that Andrew Tate can address the masculinity issue that's thrown at him constantly about him hating ladies, etc., about him having no respect to any woman on earth because of his um, opinions. There has not been not one woman who has come out and said this guy has touched me the wrong way, has raped me, has um, treated me wrong. The only ladies that are talking negative about Andrew Tate are the ladies who have not met him, are the ladies who have opinions about him because of, because of his masculine opinions. Those are the only ladies that are condemning this man. Those are the only ladies condemning this man. Take note of that. Take note of that. And the fact that he said there's a lot of famous people famous than him or equivalent that has been accused of touching ladies, have been accused of disrespecting them, have been accused of rape all of that and he has not been accused not one time yes he has been accused one time but it was from people who didn't understand the situation he had with that young lady when it came to their sexual interactions that they both enjoyed which was rough sex whatever the case may be he did not disrespect that woman whatsoever. But people want to run. People want to run with the crowd and say, oh, my God, he beat on the girl, whatever. When the woman herself came out and said, that is what we enjoy. That is the sexual activity or whatever it was that we enjoy when we get, um, I don't know, um, before they start, um, I don't know, intercourse or whatever the case may be. But that's the foreplay they enjoy. And if that's not to your liking, that's your opinion. But the fact to state that this man abused her when you have no facts about it. And the man was also not charged for it. And the man also was um, basically um, accused wrongly accused wrongly despite the fact that the woman involved once again stated that he did not abuse me he did not hit me it's just a foreplay that we enjoy it's 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 just uh, i'm sorry about my rant i just had to address that part but let's continue with mrs morgan this random okay. twitter nobody who seems to know so much is full of all right you, you've responded to her tweet yeah uh, here's, where is the line for you between masculinity which i will always defend and which i agree with i think a lot of women like men to be masculine of course and, and what has become known as toxic masculinity and the reason i ask you is that you are engaged in that debate with men all the time 
where is the line for you where men shouldn't cross, where the behaviour should be kept within a line? Please define toxic masculinity. Well, you tell me what you think it crosses a line from being a masculine good man to a bad man. There's no such thing as too much masculinity if it's genuinely masculine. Exactly. Genuine masculinity is not out here to hurt people. It's absolutely the opposite. It's out here to protect. And when bad things happen, they call traditionally masculine men. If you need a firefighter, you need a masculine man. When you call the police because of the problem you had, you want masculine men. And as soon as a woman or a man is in trouble, when you look for backup, you look for masculine men. And masculine men have a duty to provide and protect those they care about. We have a duty to do things we don't feel like doing because we know we're supposed to do them. And that's why we stayed in the Titanic and died. Those were masculine where did, men. Where did you get your views about this from? Just what I grew up with. It's the family I grew up around. And your the, father, and, your mother, Yeah, both? and and the world. I love the fact on how he um he addressed masculinity. Masculinity when it's genuine is never toxic. Masculinity when it's genuine and honorable is never toxic. Never. I don't understand the, why feminism and masculinity always has to collide. Like Pierce Morgan stated, I do agree with the fact that there's um feminism that is highly negative. And I do agree with the fact that this masculinity to a point can get toxic. But when it's genuine masculinity and honorable, it's never toxic. And most of the time, masculinity is not toxic for the simple fact that masculinity is all about it's all about being a man and what a man has to do for his household, for his woman, for himself, first and foremost. But masculinity now is frowned upon masculinity now is negative they want men out here not to be masculine but to be something else and i'm not even going to get into that because that's a whole different topic that should be discussed and i don't i don't even want to entertain it let's continue world i lived in and i think a lot of the things i'm saying now about masculinity and how people should act in the world how the world should function were considered completely normal and accepted by everybody only 20 years ago. I think the world's just lost its mind. For me to stand up and say a man should protect a woman now gets to be called a misogynist and canceled. If I said that 10 years ago, everyone would say, duh. And what's funny is everyone who argues against me and says men shouldn't protect women, especially all the feminists, if they were with their boyfriend and a man broke into their house, guess who they'd expect to go downstairs? Who do you think? You think they go themselves? Are they <laughs> exactly. Like, if a woman is with her man let's be honest here if a woman is with her man do you think when shit hits the fan when somebody breaks into the house you think she's gonna want to go herself no she's gonna look to her right or her left let me let me say the left and expect the man to handle it you notice when shit doesn't hit the fan, they're like, I can do it myself. I don't need a man, et cetera, et cetera. But when shit hits the fan, they look towards the man and says, you better handle that. And that's a fact. When dangerous situation arise, a woman who's with her man expects her man to handle it and protect her. Which every man should. If you're with your woman and shit hits the fan, your woman should stand behind you, not beside you. Are they going to Afghanistan? No, we send men to do these things. So well, we, send women, we send women in the armed forces too. 
we, you, you have to generalize when you make points. There are many, many courageous exceptions, people. Exceptions women in the armed do not forces. disprove the rule. No, but there are, you've got to concede there are many courageous women serving in the armed forces. Absolutely and utterly, completely correct. But by and large, traditionally, soldiers are men. Exceptions do not disprove the rule. Well, it's not an exception. It's a Come fact on, that there are a lot of women in the armed forces. Correct. But if you were to take Stop. the average soldier, they are a male. If you're allowed to say who's a male and who isn't nowadays, I'm assuming their gender. I apologize. If how, how is that debatable, Pierce? How is that debatable? Why do you even debate logic? Why even debate the majority? Majority of soldiers are men. Why are you even debating that? Why are you even entertaining his point when it comes to soldiers within the within the army, within the military of any country? Majority are men. Are you really going to combat that logic, Pierce? Are you really going to entertain? Are you really going to waste your time in debating that? If you were to take the average soldier, they're a male, which means... That exceptions are the female soldiers, which because there's a lower percent of them, a lower probability. Exceptions do not disprove the rules. Men do the fighting. What right now in Ukraine, men cannot leave. Women are allowed to leave because men have to fight in the front line and women are allowed to go to the bar. Exactly. That is how it is. What do you say to young men who come to you for advice? You feel lost. You don't really know where they fit into society. I say that life as a man is exceptionally difficult. I say the most beautiful and the most terrifying thing about being a man is you're born without value. Society doesn't care about you. You're only going to be cared about based on how useful you are. You have the chance to build yourself up and become a superhero if you're prepared to do the hard work and be indefatigable enough to never quit. But if you're going to stand around and wait for a handout, nobody's going to ever respect you. And I think that a lot of people have forgotten about how difficult and how competitive it is as a man. We're always in constant competition with each other. And it's your duty as a man to stand up and say, I want to be as important and strong and good-hearted and God-fearing as possible, and I need to work hard to achieve those things. Dame Sheila Hancock says we've become too over-emotional as a society, crying too much about everything. Has well, she got a point? We have. She's completely right. And the dangerous thing about overly emotional men is that they're dangerous. They're gen Exactly. And this is what Jordan Peterson also addressed. If you don't know who Jordan P Peterson is, um, he's also an individual that speaks about masculinity and leads the voice of a lot of men who can't speak for themselves and he addresses that. He addresses that weak men are dangerous. And it's a fact. It's a fact. Weak men are dangerous. Men who don't want to take control. Men who don't hold themselves accountable are dangerous. Genuinely dangerous. This is what's crazy. All these people who talk about toxic masculinity and how bad it is for men to be traditionally masculine. A traditionally masculine man does things he doesn't feel like doing because it is his duty to do them. He charges into the burning building because it is his duty. Not because he feels like it, because it is his duty. We're now teaching the new generation of men that they don't have duty and they can just act on their feelings and act how they feel and they yep. don't have to act as a man should. Do you know what happens when you get men who just act how they feel? You get school shooters, you get violence, you get rapists. Men who do not control their emotions are dangerous. If you find a man who... I'm telling you, this is why I really like Andrew Tate. And he has grown. You can see the difference from the first interview and the second interview. This man has even grown even wiser. Andrew Tate is reaching a level, and I don't believe he even understands the level he is reaching. Because he has grown so much wiser. And I don't want to hear that he hasn't for the people who hate on him. Because you can see that 
in the earlier interview, which I have not aired, because you can go watch it on your own. The reason I did not watch that first quarter of the interview because it's inconsequential because it was discussed in his first interview. But as you see this second quarter of the interview, as well as what he did in the first quarter, he holds himself accountable for what he said in his past, and he holds himself accountable for what he's saying in the present time. The thing about Andrew Tate, he keeps on growing, and that's what makes him appealing for today's man. Who is stoic, he's not going to hurt people. He's going to sit and think about his actions very carefully, and he's going to be a good man who protects for, and provides for his family. You find a man who just acts out on impulse and does whatever he feels like, you're going to find a dangerous man. Sitting here telling men to cry more and act with their feelings and it's okay to feel this way, that way, etc., and have no self-control. That is why we have the problems we have in the world. Absolutely not wrong. So when they talk about toxic masculinity, they have it completely inversed on its head. Completely not wrong. We need to be teaching stoicism. You need to be teaching young men to understand that the world is very, very difficult. It's hard to be a man. You're going to feel bad sometimes. You just suck it up and perform anyway. Not to sit there, you cry your eyes out. Preach other people. Tough being a woman out. too in modern society. It's certainly tough being a woman, but I'm not a woman, so why would I speak on issues I do not understand? I'm exactly. You know what? You know what's so funny? Is that Pierce always tries to bring the fact that, well, for a woman too. Pierce, you're not a woman. You're not a woman, Pierce. You're not a woman. So why would you constantly bring out the fact that women face tough situations also? That's that's obvious. We're adult enough to understand that women also face difficult situations in life we're not dumb but what we're talking about is the situation when it comes to men in today's society when they're being taught that masculine is negative when they're being taught that being weak is acceptable when they're being taught that acting in your feelings is acceptable stop bringing up a woman's situation into a into a male conversation. And he just said it right there. He's not a woman, so he can't speak on woman issues because he's not a woman. Pierce is laughable sometimes. And despite the second interview being better than the first, there's some questions and some opinions that he says that makes him makes him seem mor moronic. I'm a man. You can feel an empathy for women. I feel empathy, certainly, but I do not understand their issues. See, a lot I... of men come up to me and they admire you. I've got to say, a lot of women I've spoken to don't admire. They think you represent misogyny. They think when they hear you not commit to saying the Taliban shouldn't be banning women from university education, well, why can't he just say that's wrong? Well, firstly, that's not my experience. I experience the absolute and utter opposite of that. Secondly... It's because it's a moral point I'm making. My moral point is I speak on things I understand. I speak on experiences I've had. Would you believe on, in equality? I speak, yes. I do speak you? on, uh, sure. I speak on subjects I know intimately. I do not feel qualified. I'm a realist and I do not feel qualified to sit and discuss the gender laws in Afghanistan. I have not been to Afghanistan. I have not researched the subject thoroughly. I'm not going to sit here and say how they have Taliban should be running their country. It's nothing to do with me. I find it quite flattering, Piers, that although, mm. you know, I understand I'm monumentally influential, the most Google man on earth, etc. I find it very flattering that you think I have some kind of control over the domestic policy of Afghanistan. But I assure you I don't. 
I don't. No, no, I'm not asking a view on having uh, influence over domestic policy. I'm sure the Taliban couldn't give us stuff what either of us say about it. Um, it's just curious to me that it's an easy win for you to make women think you're not anti them, to say that when they're not given equality, as the women in Afghanistan clearly are not, because they're not allowed to go to university now, as of today, that is clearly unequal, unfair. We should all be able to agree that that is wrong. Well, certainly, as a realist... Even you, tough guy, I, I, Andrew. It's Tate. not a tough guy. I am a professional. As a professional, I can state that, yes, it is not equal. Yes, it is not fair. That is obvious for anybody. I'm not saying those things are not true. What I'm saying is, it's nothing to do with me. Right, OK, but you made a concession you think is wrong. It's wrong. Then. I said it's unequal and it's... Is it going to change the world for him to say the obvious, for him to state the obvious? Because Pierce Morgan got his answer and he still was willing to push the issue. Is, is Andrew Tate saying that, yes, it is wrong, yes, it's not equal, going to automatically change the equilibrium of what's going on in Afghanistan or Iraq, whatever the case may be. Is that automatically going to shift like the matrix and turn it equal? No. So he's not going to waste his time on a situation that has nothing to do with him. You can't go around living life paying attention to every single issue. Especially when it doesn't evolve around you, doesn't evolve around the way you're living, doesn't evolve, doesn't evolve around your government. It, it's just a waste of time. That's why when you see protesters protesting about something that's going on in Australia or something, just an example, just on a hypothetical, with people protesting in the Bronx or in Queens about something that's going on in Australia, why? It has nothing to do with you. Yes, there are some situations to protest about because if it's going around, if it's happening around your area, around your government, around your taxes, whatever the case, yes, you can. But when it's going on in another country, when it has nothing to do with you, it some of it is is laughable. It's unfair. Yeah, so wrong. Well, perhaps. And, Force and, yourself, Andrew. No, perhaps it's wrong under certain moral guidelines, but under the moral guidelines which are currently in charge of the jurisdiction of Afghanistan. They don't believe it's wrong. It's nothing to do with me. Well, then I, I'm not going to sit here and tell other countries how to run their laws. I'm going to live in societies which, with right. laws I'll I take respect. You know what? I'll take unfair and unequal. Sure. Because that's self-explanatory. We're going to have a game of chess in a minute after the break because you are a very good chess player. I can hold my own in the chessboard. Your father <laughs> so was they're a gonna chess, play chess. Uh, international master, uh, in fact. And we're going to have a five-minute game of speed chess. Winner takes all, Mr. Tate. Welcome back to Pittsburgh on Central. Andrew Tate is still here. Andrew's father was an American I love the quick, chess um, international master. Shift and his son's pretty good at it too. Well, I can hold my own as my school chess champion. Uh, and with five minutes left on the programme, we're going to have a game of speed chess. Winner takes all. All right, well, you're white. Off you go. That's racist. Off we go. Five minutes, go. That's racist. So they're starting to play chess here, and obviously they're going to be conversating over playing chess. And... I'm not going to lie. I've seen a skip it of what goes on on of what goes on during this chess game. And wow, once again, Tate delivers something masterful, masterful that every man and woman should take notice of when it comes to chess and life. Let's dive in. Racist Piers. Cancel Piers Morgan. Okay. Are you good, Piers? 
Well, clearly, you're going to destroy me. Clearly from this opening, better than you. Higher better. I mean, Pierce, you only moved two pounds. He also removed two pounds. Like, I mean, <laughs> um, just to let you guys know, I also play chess as well. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's be aggressive, shall we? Andrew Tate is being aggressive. He School is. chess champion, eh? Mm hmm. Very interesting match. It's tense. Certainly. Lennox Lewis was better than you when I played him. Was he? Well, he beat me 39 times out of 40. Check. Yeah, he is uh, pretty good at the game, I heard. Mm -hmm. So far, um, it's a tie. Time to get aggressive with you, Mr. Tate. Show you a bit of toxic chess masculinity. I'm going to continue well, this. Because the world's been pretty aggressive with me lately, Piers, so uh, I'm used to it. It's fine. Okay. Piers is not that good, honestly. He's not. Why do you think the queen... 3.45. Why do you think the queen gets to jump across the board and the king... Take a lesson here. Why does the queen get to jump across the board? Take a listen here and let's not be ignorant. Let's be open-minded to what Tate just said right there. And do not take offense, my ladies, my beautiful ladies who listen to this show. Do not take offense. Instead, take a listen to what Tate says because it's not directed at you. It's directed to the men. Who has to understand that life is not always being a man, a leader of his own household. One who has to provide and one who has to protect. Let's continue. King doesn't. Because it's sexist. The game of chess is sexist. But perhaps it reflects life, Piers. Haven't you ever thought that when you look at a yacht in Dubai... You're running out of time. Oh. Stop stalling. I know what you're fine. doing. I'll just take your queen. Oh, God! I'll just take your queen. Damn it. I was trying to give you a little speech there. You didn't want to listen to it. No, I was trying I to tell you when you see a yacht in Dubai, the girl just gets an Instagram invite, gets to jump right on board. She so gets listen. to run across the board and do whatever she wants, but the man has to get there a square at a time. The man had to buy that yacht. Bong! Bars. Bong! Bars. A woman... And this is directed, once again, not to the ladies, not to the beautiful ladies who work hard and get and has to earn every step of the way. The ladies who are mothers, the ladies who basically raise, help raise the children and also lead in raising the children most of the time. These are directed to the ladies who automatically get to jump all the space on a chessboard and go directly to the yacht. When the men, no matter what type of men you are, you have to go one square at a time. Meaning the man always has to work hard. There's never a cheat board for the man. There's never a cheat code. A man always has to go one square at a time. When a lady who is beautiful, exotic, Gets to get in, gets to have an invite from someone, and she gets, she basically 
has the opportunity to jump 10 spaces ahead. Masterful, masterful explanation when it comes to life and being a man and woman who has an opportunity to use the cheat code. Let's continue. That's the difference between being a man and being a woman. That's why the queen gets you to know do what? how she does. A chivalrous man just always lets ladies go first. Life and chess That's reflect. That's why I let you go first. Life and chess reflect, Pierce. Mm-hmm. I've made a catastrophic error, but I'm bouncing back. Let's see. I always accidentally take someone's chick. Three minutes. I don't even mean to. It's just like, oops. <laughs> Very interesting game so far. Can you stop knocking my and pieces over like some. Once again. Doug. Yeah, exactly. Tate is destroying Pierce in this game. Destroying. He's not getting him. in my head. They're talking to me saying you're getting in my head. Um, How do you think chess reflects life? I think that it's all about strategy. Correct. That if you're good at chess, you can be good at pretty much anything because it's about thinking ahead. It's about planning. It's about relentless practice. And you know what else is beautiful about chess? Mm -hmm. If you lose, somewhere you made a mistake. There is no luck. Absolutely right. In chess, even if it's the smallest mistake, somewhere it was your fault. It teaches absolute self-accountability, which is something that we need a lot more of in the world today. Exactly. Self-accountability is missing in today's man. Self-accountability is missing and also today's modern woman. But today's men, the men who have to lead, the men who have to take basically the helm and lead his household. Today's men have no self-accountability. They're weak. A lot of them. Thank God for me being a 70s baby. Thank God for the father I had. Because once again, and I know those who know me knows how much I speak highly of my father. Because my father has taught me to be a real man. My father was a real man. My father took lead in the household. My father was the juggernaut. And he's taught me so much. Even though I had a hard childhood. Because during the middle of my teen years, my, we lost, me and my brother lost our mom. Me and my brother and my sister lost our mom. And my father had to take it a step above, further, and be two parents at the same time. Being the juggernaut, maintaining that control, maintaining the fact that what he says goes making sure that he is accountable for all of us, making sure that his decision is the final decision, basically being a man. Once again, big ups to my pops for the way he handled situations in our life because we all turned out good. We all turned out being the people that we are today. Love you, pops. Let's continue. That is true. And that's why chess is so important. You can take my knight if you want. Okay. You don't want it? Why no, don't you want my knight? Because uh, I'm playing a long game. Oh, okay. I thought you'd want it. I'm going to leave it there in case you take it anyway. Okay. I'm going to go. Because I know what you want me to do. And I'm not going to do it. Actually, I will do it now. Okay, good. Check. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to speed uh, this up. Check. check. See where, um, obviously. Check. Mate. Good game. Ah! He, when he, he, well he checkmates him. 25 seconds away from safety. Okay, well, Andrew Tate, I'll give you something. Uh, you're good at chess. Thank you. You have to be. You just beat me. <laughs> I know you're a national, internationally renowned What has player. chess taught you about life, quickly? I can teach you a lot of things. Like I said about the queen being able to run around the board, the king having to move a square at a time, about the fact you need to think ahead, absolutely everything is your fault. But there is a saying, which is actually one of my favorite sayings in the world. It said, a well-played well game of chess is a sign of a gentleman, but an expertly gamed... Expertly played game of chess is the sign of a wasted life, and it's kind of sad. It was I played I played Lennox Lewis in on Celebrity Apprentice 39 times out of 40 in America years ago, and he, mm. he beat me 39 times out of 40. I mean, uh, and I was amazed. He was taught by his mum, but he was all about the, the way he fought, the way he boxed, yeah. was all down to the way he played chess. Yeah, chess. It was all about looking ahead, getting ahead of your opponent, planning planning punches, you know, all that kind of thing. Chess absolutely reflects life. And even I say this now in my business meetings with my team. A lot of the problem in the world today, especially with teams and businesses, etc., everyone wants to be the king. But if you want to have a team, if you want to have a side that wins, if you want to win a game of chess, everybody has to know their role and do their role. Exactly. There can be a king and a rook and a pawn and a bishop and a knight, and everyone does everything correctly. And when that happens, you have a very formidable board and you're hard to beat. And uh, chess reflects life absolutely. It's something I do every single day. What kind of man was your father? He was the greatest man on the face of the planet. But uh, luckily he had me, and now, in the natural order of the universe, he is gone, and I am here, and I carry his name, and it is my duty to bring honor to him. And this is one of the greatest things about achievement, because achievement honors your ancestors. People talk about my father because of how successful I am, and people will talk about me into eternity, even after my death, because of how successful uh, my son will be. This wow. We're going we're gonna to dive in just a little bit before the podcast and about what he said in this last quarter of... The interview, and it is so important. It is so important what he said when it comes to chess pieces. It, I, I really love that analogy because a lot of people today do not understand within a family, everybody has a role when it comes to the man and the woman. Just because you have a role doesn't make you insignificant. It just means that you have a role. And when everybody plays their role, it makes that team, that family, hard to beat because everybody knows their role. There can't be two kings in a the household. There can't be two queens in a the household. There can only be one of either. And everybody has to play their role. Everybody has to play their potential role and be honored by it. A lot of people see, oh, I can take care of my own. Oh, I can be the king and the queen. Oh, I'm the queen bee, whatever the case may be. It's moronic. It's stupid. It's like the pitcher in a baseball team being mad that he can't be the pitcher and the shortstop that he can't be the pitcher and the catcher how are you going to be able to catch your own balls and complete a strike it's moronic that people think they can play two positions simultaneously and be successful are there people that are successful that play two positions at a time yes but it's not the majority. The exception does not make the rule. And that saying goes a long way. Masterful interview by Pierce. Masterful rebuttal by Andrew Tate. Masterful conversation 
all around by these two gentlemen and i really really enjoyed it let me know your opinion i'm gonna fix my discord link today this way i can get you guys rebuttal i can get you guys opinion make sure you jump into my discord people make sure you do that share also clips of my podcast anywhere you would like and also make sure you follow and share make sure you follow my instagram because my instagram is where my link tree is and my link tree basically is linked to every single social media platform that i'm involved in so make sure you follow my instagram dive into that link tree and seek me out especially if you want to just have a simple conversation of what was discussed in the podcast this is black shy guy and as always thank you for sitting at my table i'm out of here <laughs> peace a large criminal who must be put away. Another innocent victim. I don't know. I don't mean it.